If you take God's precious word and turn to Proverbs chapter 9, Proverbs chapter 9, God willing, we'll be expounding verse 2 tonight. Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 2. The title of the message tonight is Dinner is Served. Dinner is. Does anyone eat after church when they get home? Does everyone. Really? Okay. Who eats before church? Oh, you can't raise twice, Brother Eddie. All right. All right. Okay, he just snacks. Snacks a lot. All right. Proverbs chapter 9, God willing, will be expounding verse 2. In, in verse 1 last week of this chapter, Solomon told us that wisdom has built her house. And I really enjoyed teaching that verse. And we learned that wisdom's house is the church of Jesus Christ. And it's built through the proclamation of the gospel. And the gospel is God's wisdom unto us. Now, a house is a place of refuge. Remember last week we learned that wisdom has built her house. A house is a place of refuge. It's a place of safety. It's a place of shelter. It's a place you can lay your head and call home. A house is a place that's built to be occupied. And the gospel of Jesus Christ offers every person a place in its home. Remember in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 2, Jesus said, In my Father's house are many mansions. In God's house, that is, there's plenty of room for people to stay. There wasn't enough room for Jesus in the inn. But because of Jesus, there's plenty of room in God's house for us. Now, wisdom's house, as we learned last week, is not merely a shelter to run into. Wisdom's house is not merely a place of refuge. Wisdom's house is not merely a place for us to call home. Wisdom's house is also a place for us to enjoy. It's a place where our heart's desires are met. And where our cup runs over the fullness of God's grace. For Solomon said, wisdom has not only built her house, but look back in your text in verse 2, she hath killed her beasts. Wisdom has built her house, she's killed her beasts. There's several things here in these two verses. We've got a house, we've got beasts, we've got wine. And we have all these different things that are being done. We've got a table. The house is built. The beasts are killed. Wisdom slew the beasts. And here the Hebrew word translated beast is not speaking about beasts in the sense of lions or tigers or monsters or something like that. It's speaking about animals that are slaughtered for food. 
That's literally what this word, this Hebrew word translated beast here means. It's she's slaughtered or she has killed her her beasts that were meant for food. In Proverbs chapter 7, just a couple of chapters back, we saw this same Hebrew word when we were studying in verse 22. And that's when it was referring to a young man that was going to an adulterous woman's home. Remember that? Going to the strange woman's house. And Solomon said, He goes after her straightway as an ox goes to the slaughter. And that word slaughter is the same word translated beasts here. So we're talking about an ox going to the slaughter. Why does an ox go to the slaughter? So it can be eaten. And basically when the man goes to the adulteress's house, she's going to eat him up. Okay? That word slaughter, again, the same word translated beast here in chapter 9. is talking about animals being slaughtered for food. So when Solomon says wisdom has killed her beasts, he is saying wisdom has butchered fresh meat for a feast that she's about to give. That puts a whole different spin on it, doesn't it? She's slain her beast. You think of someone out with a sword and a shield and they're fighting a dragon. That's not what the scripture is talking about. She has butchered fresh meat for a feast she's about to give. And this speaks of the sustenance of the gospel. The sustenance of the gospel. My grandmother on my father's side, like perhaps a lot of your grandmothers, or perhaps you, but she showed her love by cooking. That's the way she did. Whenever I entered her home, she would always offer me something to eat. I mean, it didn't matter what time of day or night you go there. Are you hungry, Richard? You got something to eat? I've got something I can put on the stove and warm up for you. It was always that way. And if I ever entered her home for the purpose of eating, she always cooked a lot of food and a large variety of it. When I went to grandma's house, I never left hungry. In the same way, whoever enters wisdom's house will not leave hungry. Why? Wisdom has slain her beasts. She's filled her house full of food. The gospel has filled many hungry souls. Remember what Jesus said, whoever hungers and thirsts after righteousness, they'll be filled. The gospel has filled many hungry souls, but it has never left a man empty. You can enter religion's house. I used to dwell in religion's house. Some of you perhaps used to dwell in religion's house. And you can walk into religion's house and you can walk away weak and hungry. In fact, you can walk into religion's house and you can stay long enough and you can walk away more weak and hungry than you were when you first went in. Before I was saved, I remember feeling like there was something missing in my life. I remember as a highway patrolman being out on the highway and I'd pull off the side of the road and I'd think, or I'd drive down the road and I'd think, and I remember thinking, I can't make a distinction. Here I am going to church, and I can't make a distinction between my life and an unbeliever's life. We both had jobs. We both had wives. We both had children. We both had houses. And it seemed like I should have had something in my life 
that an unbeliever didn't. I had no fullness of joy. I had no real fellowship with God. I had no peace of knowing where I was going when I died. Aside from earthly things, I had nothing of real eternal value in my life. For years, I had set my feet under religion's table. And I was hungrier than I had ever been. I bet some of y'all watching online are thinking the same thing. Yep, we've been there. Perhaps some of you feel and have experienced the same way. But when I learned the gospel, when the message of the cross was comprehended in my heart, and I came to the cross of Jesus Christ, I set my feet under wisdom's table. And I've never hungered again. She hath killed her beasts. Speaking about the church's union to Jesus through the gospel, Jesus said in Matthew 22, verse 2 through 4, Matthew 22, verse 2 through 4, remember, wisdom has killed her beast. In Matthew 22, 2 through 4, Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son. You see, the son marries the church. And sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. That's the preaching of the gospel trying to bring people to the wedding. And again, he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden, listen to what the king says, as he's sending forth his servants, that's the preachers of the gospel, to bring people to the wedding. Listen to what the king says, Behold, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatlings are killed. What is that talking about? It's talking about what Proverbs 9, 2 is talking about. Wisdom has killed her beasts. He said, my oxen and my fatlings are killed. All things are ready. Come unto the marriage. Why did wisdom kill beasts? Because she's going to put on a feast. What's the reason to celebrate? A marriage. Because wisdom built her house so that Christ and the church would have a place to live. Christ and the church meet together in this house. Where does the church meet Jesus? They meet Jesus at the cross. The cross is the centerpiece of the gospel message. It is the, the centerpiece, the, the foundation, if you would, of wisdom's house. And us and Jesus meet there, and then where he is, we shall live also forever. Wisdom has killed her oxen, prepared her dinner, and invited all to come and eat and live. The foolish will die hungry. The wise will die full. And rise again to live forever. Isn't that something? The, the, the foolish die hungry. The wise die full. To rise again and live forever. She hath killed her beasts. The sustenance of the gospel. Look back in your text. She hath mingled her wine. That's the next thing wisdom has done in this house. She hath mingled her wine. She hath killed her beast. The, the sustenance of the gospel. She hath mingled her wine. The joy of the gospel. Mingled wine is a mixed drink. 
Every other time this word mingled is used in the Bible like this, it's used in a bad sense. Every other time but this time, it's used in a bad sense. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 22, for example, <clears throat> says, Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine, and men of strength to mingle strong drink. Woe unto them. But it's okay to drink the wine that wisdom mingles. That's okay. The wine that wisdom mingles is not fermented. The wine that wisdom mingles will not put you under the influence of an alcoholic beverage. It will put you under the influence of the Holy Spirit. As the Apostle Paul said to the Ephesian church, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. To drink the wine that wisdom mingles is okay because wisdom mingles her wine with the grace of God and the sacrifice of Christ. That's what flavors the wine that wisdom offers us. Wisdom has slaughtered her beast and, and, and Jesus likened the gospel to a wedding feast where the, the beast had been slaughtered by the king. Wisdom has mingled her wine and, and, and remember the wedding feast. Here was God the Father. He sends out the invitation through his servants. The servants are the preachers of the gospel. The servants go out and say, the king has slaughtered the beast. The, 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 the table's ready. Come on to the wedding. Wisdom slaughtered her beasts. But now we have wisdom mingling wine. The king invites people to a wedding where the beasts are slain. Do you remember the first place that Jesus performed his first miracle? Where was it? It was at a wedding, wasn't it? Another wedding. And what did he turn from water into what? Into wine. There's wisdom's mingled wine at the wedding again. We have beasts at the wedding, the sustenance of the gospel. Now Jesus shows up. We have wine at the wedding, the joy of the gospel. All the sustenance of the gospel. Man, I tell you what, I remember thinking something was missing in my life. When I found Jesus, I found purpose. I found fulfillment. I was listening to a Marine uh, uh, not too long ago, talking about how uh, he entered the Marine Corps so he could find purpose for his life. Well, that's okay, but that's not the reason that man was put here on earth. It wasn't to fight against other people, even though sometimes that's a worthy cause, but it was so he could serve God. And if that's all you have in life is joining the military, you die and all of that's over. You can still die empty, even though you served a purpose. You didn't serve the purpose. But when you find Christ, your belly gets full. You have fullness of purpose and sustenance in the gospel. And when you find Christ, not only did I find my fullness of purpose in life, my life was fulfilled when I found Jesus, but my life was filled with joy when I found Jesus. I know what it means to 
be able to have joy unspeakable and full of glory. I know what it means to go through tragedy in my life and at the same time have fullness of joy. Because I know no matter what I face as a believer in Jesus Christ, ultimately... Being married to Jesus means I'll be raised with Jesus. It means I'll live with Jesus forever. Ultimately, everything you face in this life will be victoriously defeated when we get raised again with Christ when He comes. She hath mingled her wine. John chapter 2 verse 6 through 10. The Gospel of John, chapter 2, verse 6 through 10. says, And there were set there six water pots of stone, after the manner of the purifying of the Jews. You get that? Six pots of, six water pots. Water pots weren't full of water. We'll find that out here in just a minute. Because Jesus told them to fill them with water. They probably already been used up and water poured out so they could wash before they they ate at the marriage feast and everything. But that was the ceremonial washings. It had nothing to do with the Bible. But it was one of those things the Jews required. Remember when they got onto Jesus, why do your servants eat without washing their hands? He didn't mean why do they use why didn't they use soap and water? He meant how come they didn't go through our, our ceremonial baptisms? Which is what they were. They were baptisms. They, they were washings. And they'd wash their hands. So here's these six water pots. That's interesting that there's six water pots because six is the number of man. And there's six water pots, a number of man. And here's the purification for men. That's invented by men. And it's at a wedding. And Jesus has these six water pots here, and it says, uh, containing two or three firkins apiece, Jesus said of them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, draw out now. In other words, dip into the water and give the water to the governor of the feast. And they bear it. In other words, they dipped in. There's water in there. They pour, They pull it out. They give the water to the governor of the feast. And guess what happens? They pull it out and it's wine. When the ruler, it says, of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was or didn't know where it came from, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom. And saith unto him, Every man of the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, or when they drank it all up, then that which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. Jesus took water pots, six water pots that were meant for human, religious, cleaning, non-biblical, ceremonial baptisms of men. And he turned that boring baptismal water into the best wine that wedding celebration could have. Jesus took empty religious pots and filled them full of joy. Wisdom mingled her wine. When I trusted Jesus as my Savior, He took this empty religious pot 
And he filled me full of the sweetness of his grace. And I've been celebrating that wedding ever since. Wisdom hath killed her beast, the sustenance of the gospel. Wisdom has mingled her wine, the joy of the gospel. Look back in your text. She hath also furnished her table. She hath furnished her table. Brother Richard, what is that? Wisdom's killed her beast, the sustenance of the gospel. Wisdom's mingled her wine, the joy of the gospel. Wisdom has also furnished her table the immediate availability of the gospel. The immediate availability of the gospel. When a table is set, see here, the table's furnished here. It didn't say wisdom's in the kitchen cooking. It didn't say wisdom has killed her beasts and now has a pot roast in the oven. Smoking a rack of ribs out on a smoker. Slicing up some potatoes to make potato salad. It says she's furnished her table. That means the table's set. Ladies, what do you do when the table's set at home? You call everyone to come eat. Now. It's exactly right. I tell you what, that's one thing. I have the hardest time getting Tammy to come eat. I'm sitting there waiting on her for the longest. I'm teasing. It's ready when you are, Richard. It's ready when you are. Still ready. <laughs> when the table's set, when the table's furnished, people are called to dinner. Whether it's a dinner bell, ding, 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 come and get it. Or whether it's the woman hollering down the hall, supper's ready. When a table is set, people are called to dinner. And in the same way, wisdom is telling us that she has set her table with the bread of life. Supper is ready and sinners right now are being called to dinner. I have seen so many people talk to so many people who hesitate to come and eat of the bread of life. They find reasons not to come. They drag their feet. They find excuses. They find reasons why they're not qualified to come and eat and all these other things. Well, let me figure this out first or let me do this first or let me get my life right first. Man, supper's getting cold. The gospel message says wisdom has furnished her table. I like that. You know how wisdom has furnished her table? The, the table was furnished back in Proverbs 9.2. It was already furnished. Do you know why? Because Jesus was a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He has died for our sins and risen again. He was the lamb slain, the Bible says, before the world began. Before man fell in the Garden of Eden, wisdom had already furnished her table. This means if you want to be saved, you can be saved right now. If you're watching tonight and you don't know Christ as your Savior, there's absolutely nothing Nothing that you have to do 
in order to trust Christ as your Savior. But just come and take what God has given you on the cross. Now, now if wisdom has furnished the table, th there's another thing, ladies, you can testify this, men, you'll know. As Sister Leslie said, when, when the table's set, you call everyone to dinner. You know what else? If your table's set, and you call someone over to eat, let's say Leslie were to call Tammy, and say, hey, come over here and have supper with us. Dinner's ready. What if Tammy were to say, well, what can I bring? Do you know what, you, know what you say when you have a full table? Just bring yourself. Isn't that what we say? Oh, just, just bring yourself. Every, we've got everything. We've got dessert. We've got food. We've got vegetables. We've got homemade rolls. We've got everything. That's what we say. Just bring yourself. Why? Because the food's already cooked. It's already prepared. The table's already full. All that's needed is you to put your feet under that table and enjoy the food that's been prepared for you. That's the beauty of the gospel. You know what we're seeing right here in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 2? We're seeing, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Who who slayed the beast? Wisdom did. Who mingled the wine? Wisdom did. Put it in East Texas lingo. Who cooked the barbecue? Wisdom did. Who fixed the iced tea? Wisdom did. Who made the potato salad and the beans and the cornbread and everything else? Wisdom did. Who set the table? Wisdom did. You can even put a fork on the table in the gospel message. Everything's furnished and prepared. And wisdom just says, come and dine. Just come and eat. You see, in God's house, the only thing you have to bring is yourself. The gospel has furnished everything a hungry person needs. Just come hungry and you are qualified to eat and live. That's the gospel. At the cross of Jesus Christ, everything has been prepared. The lamb has been slain. The blood has been shed. The atonement has been made. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. If the table is furnished, there's no other work to be done. Once again, Matthew 22.4. We just looked at this just a moment ago, and I want you to look at this one more time. Matthew 22.4. Jesus said again, He sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them what you're bidden. Behold, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen, my fatlings, none of this belongs to you at all. It's God's preparation. It's God's grace. I'm the one preparing. I'm the one providing. And now look what he says at the end. He says, my oxen and my fatlings are killed 
and all things are ready. You got that on the screen? Oh, hang on. Brother Neil, I hope you're watching. Watch this now. Watch this now. You ready for a blessing? This is the gospel right here. All things are ready. So what do we have to do? Just come. <laughs> Just come. That's it. He said, he that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. That's the wisdom of God. If you want to be saved, all things are ready. There's nothing for you to do except to, to come because Jesus has done it all. Jesus said, it is finished. What was he saying on the cross? All things are ready. I've furnished the table. Just come to the cross and feast on the truth of what God's wisdom has done for you. When Jesus died in your place, how beautiful to open the book of Proverbs, to take the New Testament, put it side by side, and suddenly you see the cross written in the Old Testament, just as beautiful as it can be. That's our gospel. And I thank God we're all bidden to come. Father, we thank you so much for your precious word. I thank you so much, Father, for the grace of God. I thank you, Father God, that you didn't tell us to prepare anything. You didn't tell us to bring anything. You said all things are ready. Not some things, not most things are ready. All things are ready. Only one thing, Lord, we're required to do. Just come. Just come and partake of the truth. Receive the truth that Jesus Christ died for the ungodly. And all who believe on Him have everlasting life. What a simple, powerful, and absolutely wonderful invitation you have given. And I pray that many will come and eat and live. In Jesus' precious name, amen.